welcome to the Thriving Mom podcast, where we invite mothers and mothers at heart to think outside the conventional beliefs about motherhood, nutrition, and raising healthy kids. I'm your host, Uime Oguta, recovering perfectionist and non-diet nutrition counselor on a mission to help smart women like you find food and body freedom through intuitive eating, self-care, and mindful practices that will leave you kicking balance to the curb, stop surviving, and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, mama? Let's journey together. Well, hello, thriving moms. Welcome to another podcast episode. How are you? Am I the only one who feels like we're already halfway through 2022? (laughs) Because that's what it feels like to me. And I know it's just like the last week of January, but our schools opened up, I think last week, and my girls were so excited to be back. Like by that second week, my four-year-old was just starting to have enough of all the uncertainty that so many of us are experiencing. I remember that last week before they went back, it was such a battle just to get her to sit in front of her computer for her online class and she was just like this is boring (laughs) I mean she was right like staring at a screen while your teacher talks I mean for a little kid maybe not so much fun but I was laughing so hard because there were so many kids just like sticking their feet in the camera pointing all sorts of body parts right up against the camera it was so fascinating but my four-year-old was just done with it Anyway, I'm happy that they're back now and we're kind of finding a way back to some form of rhythm, which has been anything but fun, but it's all good. And one thing that I realized through all of this is that teachers are kind of like the silent heroes when it comes to the school. I know I've always said this, like teachers and nurses, they're my MVPs. And when it comes to school, I think sometimes we don't give our teachers enough credit especially because of just the way things are going with this pandemic but I think it's so important for us to recognize that they're still showing up they're still teaching our children and some of these people also have their own families so if you're a teacher listening to this episode I want you to know that I appreciate the work that you're doing and we're so lucky to have you support our children and if you're a mom listening remember we're all just doing our best given what we know and what we have. So when you feel like you're just done, maybe it's okay to just sit with that instead of trying to feel better. I've had to do this a couple of times this year already and it hasn't been easy. But just sitting in that suck and giving myself lots of compassion and grace has been helpful. So do whatever you can and just recognize that this is a season and hopefully sometime soon we'll all move on and go on and experience something else. Okay, so that's my spiel. And now I want to talk about your thought playlist. So I practice from the notion that our thoughts drive how we feel and how we act. And sometimes our thoughts serve us in that they help us to get things done. They get us closer to where we want to go and show up in the way that that we want in the world. Other times, not so much. And the more I do this work on my own self and coach other moms, the more I realize that we all have these default settings for our thoughts and for most circumstances in our lives, right? So we all have a thought playlist that we click play. And those thoughts feed into how we respond to different circumstances in our lives. One thing I want to say is that our brains love to create shortcuts to help us figure things out, right? Because 
It loves to conserve energy. It wants to keep us happy, wants to keep us alive. And this is something called a heuristic. A heuristic is just a simple mental shortcut that allows humans to solve problems and work more efficiently. Now, heuristics are very helpful because it helps you learn really fast. It reduces that mental load of making decisions. It's like once you learn how to do something once, you know how to do it most of the times. It's like wanting, you know how to spell black. And then if you see B L C K, automatically your brain just assumes that that spells black and the missing letter is an A, right? So you don't have to figure out like, is that a B? Is that an L? You already know that your brain just knows that that's what it is. So this can be helpful. But when it's not helpful, is that you end up sometimes with cognitive biases where you have errors in your thinking. And this affects how you make decisions. It affects how you respond to different things. So for example, I see this in my moms who are trying to get their children to eat. I always say you can't get your child to eat. That's just pretty much it. So they'll say something like, well, but they only want to eat what type, one type of food. And once we start digging deeper and asking them lots of questions, it's like, no, your child is actually eating these other foods. But because your default thinking and the thoughts you have about your child and eating is that maybe they're picky or they only eat bland foods or, you know, healthy eaters need to be eating all kinds of foods, especially vegetables, your brain would rather not think. It'll just offer you the evidence that you're right. So then you move on, you're happy, and things keep going. While it may be serving you and conserving energy, it's actually not helping you in that it's making your child a problem. And this is why it's so important for us to be paying attention to our thought playlists, cleaning those out periodically to make sure that the thoughts that we're thinking are serving us and moving us closer to where we want to be and living the life that we want to live. When I was thinking about this podcast episode, I just remembered growing up. <laughs> For those of you who were young or maybe you grew up when we used to play cassette tapes, I remember those were a thing and people would record songs they loved onto blank tapes or they would just record over ones that were already taped. And sometimes people would make you a playlist for different reasons. So for people who were, you know, teenagers, like boys would give you a cassette tape. And every time you played those songs, like you would be thinking about them. <clears throat> Not that I experienced any of that. I just heard stories. <laughs> but that's it. Like every time you hear the song, it would remind you of the person or a particular event. And this is the same thing with our thoughts. When we're having a moment where things feel difficult in our relationship with food or when we're feeding our children, we have thought playlists. So some of us have playlists for why we're not good enough. Some of us have playlists for why we are terrible moms. So things like, I suck. I'm not good at anything. I never learn. I'm slow. You might also have a playlist for your body so that every time someone makes a comment about your body, your quick response is to go to that playlist without even paying attention to what the person said. Why? Because again, your brain is conserving energy and trying to problem solve as quickly as possible so that you're happy. But one thing I want you to know is that just because something is your default doesn't mean you have to stick with it. Because you're used to clicking play on a certain playlist doesn't mean you have to listen to the thoughts. 
just like a cassette tape or I guess in this day and age with CDs. Do people even play CDs? I don't know. <laughs> I just like plug stuff on my phone. But you can skip, you can delete, you can rewind, or you just create a new playlist. So when I was a child, I remember my siblings and I, like we would cut the cassette tapes whenever we couldn't record new songs over them. And then we would just play whatever we wanted. You can do this too with your thoughts. And I'm going to teach you how to do that next. First, you just want to start by building awareness about that playlist. So if you don't know the songs, if you don't know what is the playlist that I typically default to whenever this thing happens, you have to figure out what it is exactly. So like every time someone says this to me or this thing happens, I have a tendency to think these kinds of thoughts. And I call this just being a curious observer. You simply notice the thoughts that you're playing, no judgment, and that's it. Next, you want to accept that this is your default way of thinking. I know this is not very fun, but the reason so many of us struggle is because we resist so much about ourselves. We think we're the only ones struggling. But I want to tell you, if you're thinking one thing, I promise there are millions of people They probably don't look like you. They may not live around you or even know you, but they're thinking the same thing. That's just the way human life is. Now, acceptance doesn't mean you're giving up. Rather, it's just recognizing that this is who I'm being right now and I'm willing to love myself just the way I am. Once you love and accept yourself, then you can partner with your brain to change things if you want to. And your change is going to be from a place of love Knowing that even if things don't change, you're still going to love yourself and be there for yourself. And it all just goes back to knowing that there's nothing wrong with you and you don't need to be fixed. So now we've built awareness, we've accepted, and we want to assess those thoughts and see whether they're serving us or not. First, you do what I call a thought download. And this is simply just writing down as many things as possible on paper somewhere where you can see them. So when you think about what someone said or that situation, write all the thoughts that come up for you and then ask yourself all the ways that those thoughts are serving you or not. Then you get to decide, do you want to continue thinking that way or not? Because guess what? You always have a choice. I always think about people who say, well, I struggle with people pleasing and then they feel bad. I'm a people pleaser by nature, and I always say I'm a recovering people pleaser. But I've come to know this about myself, and I've decided, you know what? If I choose to please someone, it has to be because I choose to, not because they're pressuring me or I'm trying to manipulate them to favor me or act a certain way to me. So when people say, well, isn't it bad to people please? I'm like, who said? Because if you think about it, you might want to please someone when your safety is at stake. And for some of us, that's what we learned. So for me, when I was a child, people-pleasing just kept me out of trouble. (laughs) I never got into trouble because I just did whatever they said, even when I didn't want to. But now I realize I'm a grown woman. I don't have to do that anymore. And it's not serving me. So there are people who also know in their relationships, they want to do so because they value those relationships more than the inconvenience of people-pleasing. And that's okay. None of it is bad. You just make a conscious decision and love your reason, love yourself through it. Now, once you've decided you're ready to let those thoughts go, think about what thoughts you might want to think instead. 
I remember one of my clients who struggled with eating vegetables, and I know so many of you will relate to this. She had been on so many diets. She was just coming off of keto. And when we started working together, her thought was she needed to eat vegetables to be healthy. And the vegetables, of course, were like not potatoes or anything that's considered starchy vegetables. So it had to be things like broccoli and cauliflower and all these other things that diet culture tells us are better to eat. First thing I just said, you don't have to eat vegetables to be healthy. And she was shocked because I have a nutrition degree and she thought, well, aren't you supposed to be encouraging me? No, I don't have to. So we just started explore like in what ways is the thought I have to eat vegetables serving you? It wasn't. Rather, it was stopping her from even trying because she had so much resistance to vegetables and that stemmed from things that she experienced as a child. So we started unpacking that and we realized, okay, now we know where this thought came from. What would you like to do? Because it was costing her so much money, she'd go to the store with best intentions, buy all the veggies, they'll end up in the garbage. Except one bag of cauliflower rice (laughs) that was in her freezer for about six months and she hadn't touched it. So we just decided, you know what? The thought's not serving you, let's let it go. She still wanted to eat vegetables and her new reason was she just wanted to have more options for food. So we decided to think, Well, what if you say, I get to eat vegetables just for fun? So in that instance, she gave herself permission not to eat vegetables if she didn't want to. And within weeks, she was buying back salads, eating all the vegetables she never thought she would eat. The only thing that changed was her thought playlist. You can see how something as simple as just deciding and choosing helps you. So once you decide on the thought that you'd like to think, I want you to go to work and practice that thought over and over again. Just like that default playlist that you had, you can repeat one song until you can sing it by heart. You do the same thing with the thoughts. Even if that same situation doesn't come up, just keep thinking that thought over and over again until it becomes your default thought. Because the same thoughts we have in one area of our lives tend to show up in other areas The situation might not look the same, but the thoughts, the same. That's how you give your brain a new shortcut, one that actually serves you and conserves energy in the process. Now I'm going to tell you, I don't know how long it'll take for you and your new playlist to become your default. All I know is that if you stay committed and consistent and give yourself grace, room to practice and fail you get back up and keep trying, it'll happen quicker than you imagine. And if you're needing help with this, I can totally support you in my one-on-one coaching program. I can help you unlearn those thought playlists that no longer serve you in your relationship with food and your body, help you create new thoughts, hold your hand through the process so that you feel more at peace with your body, you stop freaking out about food, And overall, you just elevate your standards as a mom. You feel happier. You feel more at peace and calm. Right now, I have spots for coaching in February. So if you've been thinking about what it would be like to be coached by me, I want you to grab one of the spots by using the link in my podcast show notes. We'll schedule a clarity call and then we'll decide where you want to go. And if you want to work with me, I can share how you can do that too. So the link will be in the podcast show notes. You can also send me an email at hello at oliveandbliss.ca and we'll set up a time to chat. 
All right, my thriving mom, have a beautiful week ahead. I love you and I cannot wait to chat again next week. And until then, keep thriving. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, you've got to check out my free food freedom guide because it gives you practical steps you can take to let go of dieting, stop obsessing about food, and eat in a way that you enjoy. Get your food freedom guide at oliveandbliss.ca slash food freedom. And if you'd like to learn more about me and how I can support you to make peace with food and your body, then head on over to oliveandbliss.ca. I'm always rooting for you, my friend. Until next time, keep thriving.